0: Are back. You're listening to, you would think, the Philadelphia Flyers podcast. I'm your host Kyle Collington, and joining me today, once again, once again, the one and only Mr. Kevin Durso. How are you, buddy? Doing well. How are you? I'm doing all right. It's you know could be better, could be worse. I, I watched a pretty poor hockey game last night, but that's what happens when you play three you know three games in four nights with some travel involved. And you know we'll get into that in just a couple of minutes.
1: Yeah. <laughs> uh. Yeah, i'll be I'll be honest too I didn't have a ton of energy last night like it was a little bit of a struggle in my own right to just be up Pre- for it be kind present of. for it well yeah kind of i mean the, not just be it wasn't like hey it's three and four like there was only one home game this week, so it wasn't like it was busy or anything like that. no nah, it was just just tired and i I even tweeted after the game was over i'm like I wrote down a headline to do t- takeaways, and then I went. You know what? Not tonight. I just need to be b- better enough that the when next week starts, I can just go through and do my normal thing. Three home games. It'll be good. So, Three I took. I, I took. I I took a pause from that so I could go to bed like at least an hour earlier and not feel like i was dead when i woke up this morning to do this so there you go like i i I chose to to be present for this over let me squeeze out another takeaways article for a game that most people i don't know not didn't care about but you know quite possibly i mean i should have because people overreacted to it but that's what we do
0: well we're philly fans we do overreact and uh... Well, let's just start with the first game, then, because I don't know necessarily if people are overreacting to this one. Um, The Philadelphia Flyers just kind of played a poor game against the Toronto Maple Leafs on Wednesday night, Uh, losing 3-0, not really doing a whole lot.
1: Well, this is the one I got to see in person, so I'll try to take from what I can. I mean, you got held in the game until halfway through which is again i think this is something that's happening with a lot of regularity at this point you're in games well into the second period every single time the starts I mean,
0: are becoming a problem
1: it's i don't even think the start i don't think the starts are becoming a problem
0: the first half of the game is a problem
1: in, w- in what way though in the ter- in the fact that like you said, three out goal- of the last
0: seven games. There's no shots, no offense, no generation. I don't nothing. think
1: that. Well, I don't think that was the case last night. I think last night, what, 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 when we get to it, it's not that they. It's that they missed the opportunity That's to fair. jump to jump on a team. I mean, it, let's do it this way. What was the difference between the game on the game last night in Dallas or the Vancouver game on their first back to back, three weeks earlier or two weeks earlier or whatever it was? They scored two goals in the first ten minutes of the game in Vancouver and then got the goaltending to hold on to it for the rest of the way. They didn't right. score at all in the first period of the game last night and then Dallas got their legs under them after that and the Flyers had nothing left and they lose as a result of that. And like you can't come in, jump all over team, have a great start because you're getting shots on net, you're doing things to generate, you get two power plays too and do nothing with it. This was different. I'll give you this one. This felt like the this felt like the Calgary game.
0: Yes. This felt like a dud.
1: Now, I I, I don't want to just completely—like, they had 11 shots in the first period, so I don't want to make it seem like they didn't get shots. I mean, they they had four shots against Calgary midway through the second period. Right. Like, that's a big-time problem. They had 11 in the first period of this game, and I thought that Campbell, Jack Campbell, in, who had the shutout and goal for Toronto, was vulnerable in the first period. Lots of rebounds. There was one that came out to Sean Couturier that hopped his stick just barely, and if, he, if, if it sits, he's scoring.
0: Yeah, and it's a whole different game at that point. Probably. Yep. And
1: that's and I think that's part of the problem with the offense drying up right now. Like, it's no secret. They, they're not scoring goals. Yep. I mean, we're up to, I believe now, I can go to the last eight games, I believe it is. I, I know that when I went on the air ahead of Friday's game against Carolina, it was nine goals in the last six. So they've played yep. two more since then, and they've totaled. Four goals in that time, two on Friday, two on Saturday. So it's now what? That's in 13 eight in, in eight. That's still under one and a half. It's not getting it done. Not good enough at it's, all. It, it, because you, you don't win scoring one goal a game, obviously. I mean, you that, need, you, that means you need, need per- perfection in every other you know, way possible. It doesn't work like that. I don't know. I, and I don't know what necessarily can be done to solve it i think the biggest thing that can be done to solve it is you but you've got to start scoring on the power play
0: yeah the power play has been very very poor
1: it's it's one thing to talk about like i did i do think and they did eventually get a goal in saturday's game i'm like the process looks better that's one where you actually normally can sit there and say yeah you know what the process looks better and it's easier to say and it's easier to say when you're winning if you're scoring well at five on five and the power play is taking some time to get worked out then okay so be it but this was, you know, they did. They had four power plays against Toronto. Let's go back to that game specifically here. Two of them came in the first period again. So here you are with an opportunity to potentially jump in and see what happens, you know. See what you can do when it comes to, you know, what, what you do for yourself at this point, you know. See if you can't help yourself, get an edge, see what you can do. The, the thing that happened, I mean, I guess it's easy for it to happen in all three games to an extent. I mean, they did win the game on Friday, but all three games this week, they gave up the first goal. Yep. And uh, see, on, on one hand, I I don't want to overreact to anything because to me, this is, nor- like, this is normal. You're going right. to go through stretches. You're going to have times when things aren't very good. The Flyers actually had a stretch two seasons ago right around this exact time of year where a lot of things weren't going right. They had yeah, a four, that they was had right f- around the
0: time the team found out about the Oscar Lindblom cancer diagnosis. No, this was before then. It was, it was right. not long before that. This was the dip then. before that, right? right I'll, right, I'll right,
1: go right. back and I'll pull it up really quick because it's not hard to find. Um, they had lost... Okay, so they had won four games in a row and then got to play Washington, who was the best team in... I think the best team in the league at the time.
0: This was that stretch where they played the best team in the league. It was like the best team in the league four games in a row or whatever, right? No, no, that it That wasn't. wasn't that? Okay. No,
1: because... No, because there's no way, because I know that the next game was not the best team in the league. Okay. Because So they play Washington, they'd won four in a row, and they, and they do their part. Because a game goes to a shootout, they lose in a shootout 2-1. to one. So you're in it the whole way, you lose in the skills competition, it happens. And right. there was no harm, no foul to, hey, they got points in five straight games, not wins in five straight. Then they played Ottawa on the road and lost 2-1. to one. Gotcha. And the score, So the scoring is drying up. Yep. A little bit, you know. They and that had was won, so bad, they, Ottawa. They, they had won, I believe, two games in a row to that point too. Before that, like before the Washington game, two games in a row via the shootout as well. So that means you're only scoring Play. two. So you're only scoring two in sixty five minutes. You scored one in sixty five minutes against Washington. One in sixty against Ottawa. You came out the next night jumped all over the Islanders for th- for a 3 nothing lead, then blew the lead and lost in a shootout there, and then had a horrible game in Florida against the Panthers, who were not as good as they are now at the time, and lost 5-2 to two in a game you really were never in. That was, I think, Morgan Frost's NHL debut, by okay. the way, if that makes any sense now. So you were dealing with a little bit of stuff going on because Morgan Frost was obviously up in your lineup, but at the same time, you had to really kind of fight and claw your way back in for a couple of these games here where things weren't perfect I mean, if, you, if you didn't go five oh and one in the last six games of the month of november you were not having the same november that everybody talks about like to that point they were average in the month of november right so i don't get what's so surprising about it and i said it on the air going on on friday going into it too this team at at the time I think they were what was it they were 6 3 and 2 going in. So now they're 7 4 and 2. They were through 21 games 2 seasons ago 10 7 and 4, which technically is not 500 it's below 500 if you really want to spin it that way. It's above it's above hockey, 500, it's above hockey 500, but, 500. But you've lost more games than you've won. Yep. And you only have 24 points in the standings through 21 games. And yet, by March, there was no doubt in everyone's mind that this team was making a run. Yep.
0: Well, and and here's the other thing that's super, super, super important to mention about this team. Saturday was the first game that they had their full lineup, or what is close to their full lineup. That was the first game where we saw the actual team that Chuck Fletcher intended it to be. So I think that also needs to play a part here, right? We've we're approaching the quarter mark of the season. We're not quite there yet. We've still got a little bit of time, but
1: right. I mean, but see, right now, what people don't understand, I don't think, is you need eight points to get to that mark in the next eight games. That's it. Right. You you win four of the next eight, and you're at the same mark that you were point wise. And let's be clear about it in a different way too. Let's not even do it by the points. Let's do it by the wins. You had ten wins in twenty-one games two seasons ago. You need three wins to get there in the next eight games. Yep. You don't Seems even fine. need to. You don't even need to win half of the games to be where you are at that stage. Things like I, I saw it the other day too. I'm trying to remember who had tweeted it out because it was a couple. It might have been Charlie O'Connor who tweeted this part out too because he said something about they're on a like going into Friday I think or after Wednesday's game they were still on a one hundred and four point pace.
0: Yeah, and the absurd part is that you're still paced to finish, like, sixth in the Metro at that pace.
1: Well, you won't if you do that, though. That's the thing. No, like, I know, yeah. well, but and, and, it's just absurd. Well, and, and here here's the thing, too, okay? If you're having, like, at the very least, let's, let's be real about this. If you're having games that come across as a total dud, that come across as totally awful, look at who you have gotten up for in the last two weeks. You got up and played a great game against Washington, and then you rallied back to win a game in Carolina. In regulation, both of them. Those teams combined have four regulation losses, and you've accounted for two of them. Like, you're
0: all, you, you were also for a very long time the only team to beat Edmonton, and you're still right. one of only, I believe, two teams to beat them in regulation.
1: Guess what else? Where do they beat Edmonton? On in the Edmonton. Right. I'm sorry, so, they
0: have three losses in regulation.
1: Well, now they do, but that was their right. first. And you right. go, But you go, Edmonton on the road, Washington on the road, Carolina on the road. You don't just do that by being average. You don't. And whether you want to look at the goaltending and say, you know what, so-and-so played well because, you know, Carter Hart got the Edmonton game and and Martin Jones got the Washington game and Carter Hart got the Carolina game. So you could sit there and look at them and say, hey, they're as big of a reason as any. That's that's great.
0: I cannot wait to talk about Friday night's game.
1: No, I know. I can't wait. But you do need to avoid having these games pop up with more regularity. Let's just call it that. Because... You've yeah, got, your, goal,
0: your goalie can't make 39 of 40 every night.
1: Oh, not even that. I'm talking about the 3 nothing Toronto oh, st- well, style yeah, stuff. You can't have right. that. Like, uh, You want to know what I kind of discovered? And I was I was thinking about it. I guess I was thinking about it actually on Friday night because of the fact that I had tweeted out something along the lines of, because it was through the second period. They're still trailing one nothing to that point. And I tweeted out something along the lines of, you know, it's amazing how – like we look at what Carter Hart's doing right now. Last year he couldn't stop a beach ball at times. He's he's got an eight, eight eighty seven save percentage or something like that. I think is what it came yeah. out to or something like that. His records his record is nine eleven and five. Uh, you know the goals against isn't good. The save percentage was like at eighty. Like he was like said, worst like, in
0: the league in like several metrics. Right. Like
1: but like eighty eight point seven percent. Let's just say or something like that is what his save percentage was. And here he is this year. He's gonna have. He's gonna have. He's gonna ha- he, He's about to be. He's one period away from a three-four-and-two record in nine games, which means he's lost uh, two-thirds of the games he's played, right? At that point, like the team has lost two-thirds of his starts potentially. Yep. But he's gonna have a save percentage that's north of ninety-three percent. Yeah. How does that work? You know, or whatever. Now they come back and they win the game, so he's four, three, and two instead, and the save percentage is still really good, and the goals against is still in a really good spot. But if, so, if they okay, lose that great. game,
0: if they lose that game one nothing, <laughs> I'm mad about it. <laughs> if he lets up one goal yeah. and they lose that game one nothing on Friday night, I'm upset about
1: that. Right, but see, here, okay, so here's what I was trying to go with with that. And not, that's not to say Carolina is not a great team. They're right there at the top. They have the best record in terms of points percentage, all that type of stuff. If you would have lost that game, say one nothing, or give up one, that makes it two nothing at some point, or whatever, right? If you don't MC score, yeah. but if you don't score, right, it would already be your third shutout a- against this year. You know. Yep. Do you know how many shutouts they had a season ago, for how bad it was?
0: Even in a shortened season, I don't know how many. Two. Wow. Really. Yes. They were only like, shut out twice last season. Like,
1: I went back because I'm sitting here thinking, oh, I know there were games that were awful or whatever. You know, like, there has to be – no, they well, lost was... They lost more times probably by the score of 6-1 to one where they got that one lousy goal when it was 4 yep. nothing or something like that yep. than they did actually get shut out. The only two shutouts, totally polar opposites of each other, by the way, were the 9 nothing game against the Rangers Ugh. and then a one nothing overtime shutout loss to the Islanders. Oh, man, that game was wild. But that's but that's it. Like I'm sitting here going, You mean to tell me I'm not even worried like I'm I'm not gonna be surprised if they get shut out maybe three, four times in an eighty two game season. It happens. But right. you're gonna twice tell twice in me, the first month is concerning. But, right, but you're gonna tell me not only has it already happened twice in your first eleven games at right. that point, but it was almost gonna happen for a third time in twelve and you didn't have three at all in a year where it was god awful sometimes and you played still played fifty six games and it didn't happen all I mean they went I'd have to go back and check exactly when it was, but that Ranger game was which was the first one, was March seventeenth. You had played for two months before you were shut out by a team technically. And I'm I, look, I'd rather sit there and talk about the fact that every dull game we've seen pretty much with the exception of last night's is has been a shutout as opposed to how many dull games did they play where they scored one goal but lost by four. Like right. Like I like I'd rather talk about the fact that most of the other games that they've lost you sit there and you go well they're competitive they're in the game you're invested in the game for most but I mean you, there was still even a reason to be invested in that game late second period it's 2-1 they give up the, the goal they gave up then was horrible you can't th- I mean that was I even tweeted it shades of last season here's a goal gave it back 26 seconds later that stuff can't happen but but beyond that they even scored midway through the third period with the power play goal, and you're sitting there going, if they just score one more really quick, you're back to kind of have it. But I was even thinking that, like, as it got down to, like, the about five minutes ago where I'm going, if this was a one-goal game, man, are they still in it, you know? Right. Like, if it's, if it's one—I mean, it wasn't, obviously, but I'm like, if you only needed one, and you're making even just the slightest push in most, you know, in some of those situations— because they did seem to have better skating legs again in the third. Like They seemed to have like a slight push until it just kind of got to the point where nothing was working and they couldn't get set up, and they probably tried a little too hard to do the Gr- cross-ice stuff. Gripping the sticks a little bit, yeah. Well, to do the cross-ice stuff, because there was no way that that pass from Cam Atkinson was going to work. No. There was no way. But beside the point, it was just one of those, like, you don't want to keep saying it was one of those nights that many times 13 games into your season. Right. But at the same time, I feel like we can point to the same issue for the whole thing. It's it's right. it's scoring. It's not like you're getting poor defensive play in most games. The, the, they gave up five goals last night, and it's the first time they've given up more than four goals since the opener. Right. With, with uh, like with without an empty netter, I'll say because they lost four nothing to Calgary with an empty netter. They lost four to two to Florida with an empty netter. Like. You're not, It's the, the, Your the, the first time are giving a goalie
0: up. gave up four goals.
1: Right, since the opener. So you haven't given up goals in abundance by any stretch. You're still a really good defensive team, yep. all things considered. I think that what you needed to do, or not needed to do, but what needs to happen eventually is, I mean, because Keith Yandel hasn't looked very good in the last few games. He's probably the only one I can think of who hasn't looked very good from a defenseman standpoint. Like, Justin Braun did an admirable job without Ryan Ellis in the lineup. He did. Ellis needs to just get his footing about him, but he played a lot of minutes. I bet I wouldn't be surprised if in the next game he looks closer to normal already because what? he
0: seemed it. And I wonder if that'll lead to Provorov, Ellis, and then maybe you can put Braun with Handle. It,
1: it already did because I think right. they were they were using that in the third period anyway. So they didn't. It, it got to a certain point where they said, "Forget easing him back in. We just got to go all in." <laughs> right, we're and, trying to waste. And, and they did, but even even the wrist line in Sanheim pairing has been better of late
0: man travis sanheim had a rough week i i feel like man i like travis sanheim i really do i've liked him his whole time coming up he is not having a good season i'm watching him turn the puck over i'm watching him take stupid penalties i'm watching him for some reason try to go coast to coast looking off forwards on the rush i don't
1: how many penalties has he taken this year? Because I feel like he hasn't taken any. Has he
0: not? I thought he took a couple bad ones. Um, I might be wrong about that. But I, I just feel like he's been in poor positions. And it just...
1: He has a grand total of four penalty minutes this season. And none of them in the last... Um, he hasn't taken a penalty since the Calgary game.
0: Oh, Okay. Um, so
1: it's not whoever you're thinking of penalty wise. Right. It's not him. Yeah, it must but, not
0: be. We'll we'll talk about that. I'm
1: not disagreeing with some of the other stuff. I right. just I, I don't I don't agree with you that this week was that poor for him. Okay. Because I, I think that in the grand scheme, first of all, I, I do still have last night's up. I, I can check the others as well. But let me see if there's anything because I don't believe they were. He was on the ice for the first goal against. So so was Ristolainen, but that was a deflection. From a really weird spot, so he, you know, it, it's probably more just a good deflection. It was the uh, Yandel and Ellis were out for the second goal. Provorov, Braun for the third goal, um, and then Sanheim's out there on the penalty kill for the fourth one. If you really want to go there, but no, no. like it's not the same. It's not the same thing as looking at what forward group was on the ice for most of it. I, I guess I'm disappointed. Uh, I'm a little disappointed in the goal that came 26 seconds after where where it is your at the time anyway your top defensive pairing on the ice at least that's a little concerning i mean i get that it's the fourth line out there also which is not a good look but
0: no it was not a good look at all um all right let's talk about let's talk about this toronto game a little bit before we move on from that um right is there really anything else to say about it right
1: i mean mean, toronto is a really good team so i don't think that there's
0: there's no shame in losing to that squad
1: no, but there is – I think there is – not shame, but, like, uh, there is disappointment in the fact that – You should have put forth a better effort. <laughs> I think there's just disappointment in the fact that you started to, as the game went on, not generate.
0: Right. It looked, it looked like you gave up on that game.
1: I don't even know if it's that they gave up on it. I mean, it's just one of those things. I mean, they actually had more shots, but but every, there was nothing inside. score insi- effects. Right, but it's nothing inside. Like, the – I think I think I remember seeing the heat map after that game, and it's like one team had a giant red spot close, like from the circles, and another had like a, a just a smattering of green around the entire zone. That was but the nothing Flyers. in close, yet. Like, yeah. Like, it was not good at all.
0: Like the shot generations were not quality, right? Yeah, but overall, I think you just kind of got outplayed by a good team who came in and had a very good night
1: it was yeah it was just not jack it, campbell
0: it, played very well
1: i think that if we would i don't know if we, there's, there's a good way to go look at it but i think if we would looked at the heat map after the first period it would have looked a lot better than it did for the whole game and again i think you just missed your chance you missed your opportunity to really try to generate and man i mean that was in that game in particular the power play was the worst i've seen it <sighs> yeah. the absolute worst i've seen it and those are your opportunities it was, which is why, after, kind of one of the big messages after the game was, it's not just about not scoring; it's killing momentum. Like you can't just have that bad of a power play where you go, "Well, now we don't even have the momentum." They've got it all. They just take it away because they had the better, the better of the play and whatnot. You know.
0: Yeah. Well, all right. Let's let's move on to something a little more fun. This one. Oh. When the Flyers rolled into Carolina on Friday night, I don't necessarily know that I was expecting that kind of game, but I suppose I probably should have been. (laughs) Carter Hart stole, single-handedly won that game. Not single-handedly, obviously, but pretty, pretty freaking close. Right. Stole you those two points in Carolina on Friday night.
1: So let's talk about something here with this for a second, because I just I just mentioned three out of the last seven being kind of the somewhat duds, like rough effort kind of thing. Like, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. um, But nonetheless, like. okay, so that's that's becoming a habit that you don't want to get into. It becomes too regular when it's three of your last seven, let's say. Something that I think people should get used to. I talked a lot last year about how many times last year did they play a game that ended up with the 6-1. Like, 6-1 became a regular result. Yeah, it really did. I think it happened like four or five times in a 56-game span. Yeah. Like, it was pretty rough. Buffalo. Uh, I'm going to tell you right now that if this team is going to have a lot of success this year, kind of, I'm noticing a trend. Get used to the 2-1 result. Yeah. Because... Would, which, it's not a problem, believe me. You're going to need Somebody to learn... call my cardiologist. You're going to need to... Yeah, well, I see, I don't know if that's worse. Maybe it is because you didn't score on top of it, I guess, I, is what it is, but...
0: I mean, them winning 2-1 to one is not good for my heart long-term.
1: I See, I can't take the... I hate the 5-4 kind of style games, though, where it's even... Where you're still clinging to the one-goal lead, but you're... That's fair. ...giving up a lot of goals, too, because that, that means that you're not getting bailed out completely. Like
0: yeah, those those two one games though, it, that means goals are hard to come by, and if somebody scores one, it means a lot.
1: True, true. But all I'm trying to say is it's that's three times in the last eight games that you've won a game two to one. Get used yep. to it. It's what's gonna happen when your most important players are your goaltenders, and you need them to be your most important players on most nights. You know,
0: Carter Hart, the Carter Hart that showed up in Raleigh on Friday night. That was the Carter Hart that we saw for Canada in the World Juniors. That was the Carter Hart that was compared to Carey Price. That that was—I don't want to say prime Carter Hart because I certainly hope he's getting better. But it's that was close to
1: the best he's looked.
0: That was the peak Carter Hart that we've seen so far. I think
1: he really pretty, has pretty close. I mean, how the, the sad part is is that if I go back in, in enough, you know. Look at his last several starts. I, I'll pull up his game log really quick because it's worth looking at. It's obviously worth looking at,
0: but go Hold see my, I can do it for my fantasy hockey team very easily.
1: Oh, well there you go. <laughs> then you're having a great stretch of games, aren't you? I certainly am. Now, see here's the th- so here's the thing about him. From a goals against standpoint, he's actually kind of had it a little rough because of the fact that for the longest time, he's given up at least 3 goals a game every game. Yep. I mean, there's only a handful that you can say he hasn't given up less than three. But then I think you start to consider, A, the volume of shots he's facing, which is a lot. I mean, he's only had one game so far where he's faced below 20, uh, 25.
0: Yep, and that was the Seattle game, which, I mean, it's a Dave Hackstall team. Of course, they didn't get 25 shots.
1: I think it's less than that. I think what actually happened is that as soon as the Flyers got a 3 nothing lead or 4 nothing lead or 5 nothing lead as it kept going... You're kind of out of the game a little bit, you know? Yeah. You so pack it in. You're kind of, yeah, exactly. But I really just, if I go back to, I don't want to go back as far as Florida, I guess, but giving up three goals to Edmonton is never like, that's not an even, even that's not easy. Like, right. You know, like, if you keep it under four and five, you've done something right, probably. And better yet, if you kept your team in a position to win said game, you probably did okay. If you know, you kept
0: McDavid under three points himself, you probably did all right.
1: So, for him to make thirty-four saves on thirty-seven shots in that game and win, I think very, he very really good. well, very good. Yeah, I had said before when it came to the Calgary game, I was so disappointed that. He gave up the goal to Johnny Gaudreau late because if that game just ends 3-0 shutout with an empty netter in there and he gives up 2-1-whatever, the numbers look so much better
0: at that infinitely point. Infinitely better.
1: Right. So, like, it becomes it becomes exactly what that game was, which was, hey, he kept your team in it for so long, gave up two power play goals that he was – or, one, I think, one power play goal, one not that he was totally helpless on. Right. And th- there's your game. Like, it, that would have made – it would have been fine. But it, it, it looks a little bit rougher. I mean, that's not to say it wasn't a good shot by Gaudreau. It was, but yeah, it's, and think, it's still think rougher. About,
0: think about what we've been talking about all season. Weird bounces, right. power plays, penalty kills. How many goals has Carter Hart given up 5-on-5? Five five? I'd be willing to bet that if you looked at his 5-on-5 five five numbers, they are spectacular.
1: Uh, that would be fun. Let me see if there's anything in here that actually tells you that stuff. Yep. I might have to go a little deeper for that one, but you're going to make me look it up because I'm actually. Well, listen, if somebody
0: doing... wants to crunch the numbers and send them to us on Twitter at YWT Podcast, I'll throw out the socials while you're looking it up. <laughs> you can also tweet them at Kevin at Kevin underscore Derso. You know what? I might as well do the the socials while we're here. I'll just do it mid show. Uh, you can also find the show on Facebook, Instagram, Podbean, iTunes, Google Podcast, YouTube, uh, Pandora also. I found out we're on Pandora, so that's fine. Oh, that's
1: cool. Yeah. I didn't
0: know that. Yeah. We have like 5% of our listeners are on Pandora, so thank you. Uh, we can also find us on YouTube and sportstalkphilly.com. Follow them at sportstalkphl and at Philadelphia or FlyerDelphia. All right, Kevin, what do you got?
1: They don't have to send it to us. I got it.
0: <laughs> okay. Well, they can still send it to us if they want
1: Okay, let, let me ask you this question because I'm trying – let me go find the actual overall number for a second and just do some comparisons, okay? Okay. So this, this has nothing to do with what strength the team is at or anything like that. This is just in general. Okay. So in – so Carter Hart played in 20 – technically played in 27 games last season. He started 25. Okay. So, f- so far this hasn't happened yet for the Flyers, by the way. It's been – Whoever it's been all started, start and finish right. So he's got nine this year, but twenty. So this is actually a really cool time to kind of analyze this because he's exactly a third of the way to what he was a year ago. Okay. He played twenty-seven games last year. He's played nine this year. He's actually Perfect. more than he's actually more than a third of the way through his starts, if you will, from last year. So in twenty-seven yeah. game in twenty-seven games, do you know how many uh, how many goals he allowed? I do not. Okay. So. Last Imagine season, if I just
0: knew that number off the top of my head and just rattled okay. it he off. Had,
1: he had an 877 save percentage, which is obviously horrible. <laughs> Horrendous. Um, so he allowed 89 goals in 27 games. Or in okay. 20, yeah, in 27 games played. So the goals <sighs> against, by the way, was 367. <sighs> okay, yeah, I know. It sounds bad. <sighs> it for, was bad. Okay, for context, the year before that, when he played in 43 games and started 40. The good year. He had a nine-fourteen save percentage. Goals against was 2.42. And he allowed a total... How many more games did I just say that was? I mean, that's 15 more starts and 16 more games. Okay, so he right? allowed
0: five more goals.
1: Six. <laughs> 95. <laughs> that's funny. That's how good he was the year before.
0: He was stellar that, that first year. That first full right. year.
1: So, so far this season, nine games played, save percentages at 931, which, by the way, obviously, at this given Stellar. moment is the best he's ever had. His 2.32 goals against right now is also better than he finished with two seasons ago. Stellar. Love it. He has allowed 21 goals total. So 21 goals, by the way, in, in a third of the games played a year ago.
0: So he's on pace for about 63.
1: Right, which is almost twenty less, like twenty-five less. I would say almost thirty safe. less. Right, it's but let's Especially say Especially when you 20- consider the
0: fact that you only had twenty-five starts. So.
1: Right now, he's not exactly. He's almost actually. He's kind of right on pace again because he's almost a quarter of the way to his, his starts from two years ago, and he's not a quarter of the way to the goals allowed yet, or he's just about there. He's good. He is good. All right, He's so you, so now you want to break down the uh, strengths here because I've got that too. Please. So, what was the number two years ago? I said ninety-five, right? Yeah. Two seasons ago. Yeah. Of the ninety-five, how many would you think? How many you would think? You would think. Came right. on the power play. Uh. Pff. What seems 22. like a reason? Not bad. Uh, Nineteen. Okay. In the good year.
0: I I feel decent about that guess honestly cuz I had no idea what I was walking into there.
1: <laughs> okay. So he also allowed two shorthanded goals that year so he finished at even strength he allowed 74 of the 95. Okay. And your save and his save percentage at even strength was 9 uh, was point nine twenty-one. Okay. Very good spot because obviously your your percentages come down on the power play. It's it's right. just natural. Fair enough. Okay. So last season, 86, right? Or 85 is what I or, I'm sorry, 89. 89. That was okay. what it was. I'm sorry. 95 to 89. Right. Okay. How many of the 89 were on the power play? It
0: felt like 77 of them, but um uh, I'm seven gonna go... seven seven
1: seventy seven was the safe percentage on the power play. <laughs> <Jesus Christ.
0: laughs> okay, so I'm going to go with something in the neighborhood of 17,
1: uh 20, 20 21. 23.
0: 23. Okay.
1: So, at even strength, he allowed... Oh, by the way, again, two shorthanded goals allowed. Even strength, he allowed 64 of 89. Which okay. gives you a save percentage. Oh, by the way, I don't know how many... What I say? It was It was like 15 fewer starts and... 15 fewer 16 games. Fe- and 16 yeah. fewer games. Well, despite having that many fewer games, it's still not... We didn't cut the 40 in half. You know what I mean? Right. He faced nearly less... Like half... Fe- like... The shot total he faced was nearly cut in half, though. Right. So at even strength, he went from facing 931 shots two seasons ago to 578, <sighs> and 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 only allowed ten fewer goals. Jeez. So his so save bad last year. So his save percentage at even strength was 0.889.
0: Yeah, Carter Hart was horrendously bad last year.
1: Okay, so all now right. you want to go to this year? Yeah. I've I want already his... given all right. 21 yep. goals allowed. You okay. have it th- all right. So you have a theory on how how many do you think were al- have been allowed so far this season on the power play? Four. No. Uh, let me do- okay. So let me do this for you to make it a little not a little easier, but let's let's take one let's take Is one it more than that. No, let's take one goal off of the board right now, because as you'll remember, one of the game winning goals against the Flyers this year was a short handed goal by the right. Florida Panthers. Okay, so there so has that been is, a shorthanded goal. That is the only shorthanded goal otherwise, including, while we're talking about this game in particular, by the way, including a breakaway save on Jordan Stahl yep. at the end of the first period, he has stopped the other seven shorthanded shots. Okay. The second one that Stahl took, by the way, didn't count.
0: Oh, did it, it not?
1: It, it, was, it, it did not count. They only gave them one. Trash. Sure.
0: <laughs> uh, so how many on the power play? Seven. Seven? Oh, so he's been spectacular at 5-on-5. Five five. Okay, thank do you. you
1: know, do you know what his save percentage of five 5-on-5 five is?
0: It's got to be north of 940.
1: It is 945. Jesus.
0: Carter Hart for the Vezina.
1: He is stopping. Sunday, November near-
0: 14th. Carter Hart for the Vezina.
1: He's not going to get the Vezina without the wins, though.
0: Okay, but if he keeps I playing at 9:45 even strength, they're gonna get the wins. They're gonna. Kevin Hayes is back. Ryan Ellis is back. Presumably, things are. Cam Atkinson will score again.
1: Okay, so here's the th- here's the <laughs> thing. Then I gotta I gotta ask you this. Then, so he started nine games already out of thirteen, and there's pretty much no doubt in my mind. Like I don't even know which game you give Martin Jones this week. If you give him a game None. this week,
0: <laughs> you have a goalie. Who's twenty three twenty two years old and playing 20, at nine? He's, twi- he's 23. Twenty three. I'm sorry, and he's playing at nine forty five even strength. You give him all three games this week.
1: Yeah. Do you know what? Do you know why I'm bringing that up? Because everybody, everybody on Friday was doing was doing the Taylor Swift lyric thing, <laughs> right. and I wanted to make a twenty two reference, and I'm like, he's twenty. He still twenty two, right? I looked uh, it up, I went, nope. he's twenty three. Damn it. The, the next game.
0: The, the next game Martin Jones should play should be either the twenty third against Tampa or the twenty fourth against Florida only because it's a back-to-back.
1: Probably Florida, but...
0: I, I'm going to leave that up to the experts, but mean, I just if mean Jones, that.
1: If Jones didn't just go last night, I would have actually considered letting Jones play Calgary. Nope. Martin not, Jones well, is now. golfing not this now. week.
0: Goodbye. You show up and sit on the bench. Thanks, Martin. No, nah,
1: you know what? Hold on. I'll tell you which game Jones gets. I know which game, game Jones gets. The answer should be none of them. No, you, you give him Boston because he already played them once.
0: He did play really well against them. So
1: you give him Boston because of the fact that he's seen them before, so you try to go off that main. Now, granted, they've Maybe. seen him too.
0: Well, so. right. well and I, I think Carter Hart deserves the chance to prove that he's better than he was against Boston last year.
1: He does. I'm not saying he doesn't. I'd, lo- I'd really like it more if they were playing a team like, I don't know, Ottawa in the middle of all of this. Oh,
0: one other thing I did want to mention uh, about Carter Hart's numbers while we're still touching on that.
1: Well, he, he's the whole subject of this game anyway, so yeah. we might as well just talk about him and he, put him up on a pedestal.
0: He's also playing incredible hockey right. on the road.
1: Oh, yeah, uh, for sure. Mention so, that. So how many games How many games has this been now for him on the Because he won in Edmonton on the road. On he the road. won in, in Carolina on the road. Yep. Oh, I know one, one of the ones I was trying to talk about, too, because I feel really bad for Carter Hart now again that – one of the losses he has comes on one that maybe well, how far over the goal line was it an oh, inch jesus stop no uh, but i'm saying like that, i know no i that know that is that is the that's what's going in right now like yep. that's all
0: that's going in right now we've talked about it all season and how like, many and like okay 13 even strength goals Right?
1: Okay. Right. Yeah, I want to go and find something really quick because I have something else to point out about this.
0: 13 even strength goals, and I'd be willing to bet if you and I went through all of them, and I certainly don't think we should for the record, but I'd be willing to bet that if you and I went through all of them, at least four or five that I'm thinking of off the top of my head were deflections or weird ba- bounces or defenseman puts it in or Carter Hart is stopping everything
1: i'm gonna i'm not trying to go through all of them right now but i went back to one thing in particular because it's going to make the numbers look even better so i already Mm -hmm. okay so let's talk about the shorthanded goal for a minute because i mentioned that it came against florida he actually made an initial save and then it was banked in off of him right right from behind the net yes okay so that's the that's the first one tough to fault him when there was nobody else around to take Mm -hmm. away the possibility of that shot going back toward the net in the first place he's down and out he made the initial save that's all you ask Yep. Okay, so that's number one. How about we go back to the very first game of the year? First of all, that's where two of those power play goals come from, two out of the seven. And then, oh, by the way, you also had, first of all, again, one of them is banked off the boards and off of his feet again. Yep. One of, one, one of them is one that he doesn't play one of them is when he doesn't play well at all, so it gets caught under his skate, he doesn't know where it is, it goes in. Fair How off. about the one that uh, the one that Chase on scored on the power play that was a rebound that basically Travis Sanheim knocked right back to him? Yep. So they couldn't clear from in front of him. It ends up going in after he made a great save there. Um, but that's also what I'm trying to get at is that two of the seven power play goals and two of the thirteen even strength goals were just in that game. Yep. So Eight Her games, heart's a brick wall. So eight games since, he's allowed 11 even strength goals and five power play goals and one shorthanded goal. Hi. So, so in Is eight, he good? So for all the goals against that he's allowed, technically, for all the times I'm going, oh, he's given up three in this one, he's given up three in that one, whatever. Um, let's see. Did he even have a chance against any of the ones in that Calgary game? Did he even have a chance against the ones against Toronto? Did he even have a chance against um, Edmonton? Well, Edmonton's tough. I was going to sit there and say, what about the – even in the Pittsburgh game. The Pittsburgh game, the first one's a deflection right in front. They didn't give him any help at all. It was a quick little throw to the net, and the guy tipped it, and it was in before you could blink. The one crosses the line by an inch.
0: Kind of like the one Sagan scored last night. Just a
1: little bit, yeah. Not much Um, Jones
0: can do on that.
1: But I'm just thinking about all those, like – I'm trying to remember, who, who, who was the other, oh, oh the uh, the other goal in the Pittsburgh game, he goes down early because it was blocked on the way, the guy whiffed on it, Gensel whiffs on it, yep. and then regains control and shoots, and he's already played the initial shot, so it's not really on him. You're trying to, like, that's kind of tough luck. So my yep. point my point there collectively is, you're talking about how, I just rattled off, I don't know how many goals, I just rattled off all three against Calgary, all three against Toronto, and all three against Pittsburgh, which accounts for nine of the whatever number of goals that were left. What did I say? It was 11 and 5 and 1, so that's 17 goals. I just rattled off nine of them
0: if that aren't his fault. We've made several comparisons in this show to the team from two years ago and kind of the dip they went through in November and blah, blah, blah. I'm telling you right now, if this team does what that team did— right and rolls, start steamrolling through February and March, beating everybody, looking like the hottest team in the league.
1: Carter Hurts winning the I uh, Maybe. I don't know. We'll see. I'm not going that far. Oh, now, you're
0: thinking but... about it, though. I, oh, you're I, thinking no, about no. it. Uh,
1: you know what I am thinking about, if I'm being honest, though, when it comes to him? Everything about this particular game is exactly the way you should feel about him. And I was already asked about it earlier or a couple weeks ago when he got the shutout against Arizona. But I'll kind of echo it again. It was... I I know he's on his game when he's tracking well and all that type of stuff, but what you're getting from him right now, especially in a game like this one, is... You kind of already know in the back of your mind if it's routine looking, if it doesn't look all that complicated, it's probably getting stopped. And to have that level of confidence in your goalie is a huge thing.
0: And he's making it look easy. He
1: is back to making it look very easy, Easy. which is important. It's very important.
0: Goaltending is
1: absolutely natural for this kid. And you can just see it. And he looks like, you know, he looks kind of like the guy, even back to his junior days. Where when he, when they didn't win gold the first time around, he took it personally. And it's, I'm going to be even better the next year so that... It, MJ we, style. Right. Like, I think you're seeing a guy who was not pleased with himself at all. And, again, recognizes that the team took a leap of faith on him. Stella Here's, has
0: her groove back.
1: <laughs> I like that. Um, but yeah, so like, I don't think there's much more we can say about him specifically. I mean, other to to go off of the rest of the game. By the way, big time gut check win for the Flyers in general because you're still down one nothing going to the third, and everything that Carter Hart is doing for you at that point, it doesn't matter because you haven't scored a goal yet. So Joel Farabee gets a goal off the nice set play bank pass up. That was beautifully off, executed, right? And he flies in and just goes right after it and gets the goal. And gets then- his
0: first point since. The third game of the season.
1: And as much as we can look at the next night, as much as we can sit there and go, well, the fourth line being out there for a lot of the problems and things like that, you know, they gave you the game-winning goal in the game before. You yep. know, they, they they it's just working hard, creating a play, and getting a nice deflection. And th- there's an element of excitement when that happens, by the way. I'm not trying to sit here and tell you, like... I know they're not the they're not your prototypical fourth line by today's NHL standards. You don't really need to have that many rough and tumble kind of guys right. at, at this point. You, Flyers you,
0: probably have one and a half too many. What you lineup,
1: really what, what you really could use in the grand scheme of things is probably a line. And I don't, I don't want Scott Lawton playing center necessarily, but I would sit here and tell you that if your fourth line and I I had said this about this right before we started recording because Oscar Lindblom had a terrible game on Saturday. But I don't love him on your fourth line in that spot. But I think I would if you kind of if you would have told like if you tell me that your fourth line in the grand scheme of things is Lindblom, Lawton, Wade, Allison. I was
0: I was gonna say, does Wade Allison slot in there really really nicely when he comes back?
1: Like that doesn't feel like the rough and tumble fourth line. That feels like a fourth line that you're just trying to
0: that feels like a fourth line. Continue, continue with some to drive play, yeah. Some grit, some edge, but still has some touch, some scoring talent.
1: Right. I mean, I'm trying to figure out who else kind of falls in place after that. I guess uh, I'm I'm trying to do it in my head here.
0: JVR, Broussard.
1: Uh, I'm missing a forward. That's what I'm saying. Morgan Frost. Uh, I don't think they'll call up Morgan Frost anytime soon. But... no, cause, oh. well, let's let's reconstruct the top two lines as they probably should have been from last night. I guess I'll flip over to this one too because we, yeah, we we might as well. Well, because it's important to do this because now you can start to reconstruct it with the first two players mentioned in this in there. Cause, we have to talk about as as bad sure. as and and as bad as the game was. Like Ellis definitely needed time to get his, you know, kind of definitely needed time to get his legs under him again. But Ellis, I think, looked more. I don't want to call it natural, but looked more like he was back into the groove a little bit more as the game went on. Like I agree. didn't They They, they, they kind of dropped the ease and back in thing pretty quickly. Hayes, on the other hand, had some good jump in the early going and then kind of lost it. And, Which makes a lot of sense
0: because he's a guy who didn't really have a training camp and it's his first game back. Whereas Ryan Ellis has you know, played yeah, a couple games, I, had full training camp, and, and was also on the fence for a while. So you kind of expected him to come back and be 100%.
1: Yeah, and I, see, and I don't know how to feel about that because, like, I sit there and I go, there's a part of me that sits there and goes, if, if you were going to try, like, as soon as I mentioned he was campaigning to play on this trip and all that stuff, I, I'm sitting here going, I know I get it in his head. He wants to get out there as soon as possible. I don't know that I understand. I don't understand love him playing Saturday. It. I don't hate it either at this point, but here's what I'm getting at. I don't understand how it was going to help him any when, he, when you don't get that day before. Like, there was not even so much as... Go have a skate beforehand, you know. Like I, if you would have taken him on, if you would have taken him on the road and said, "Here's a g-, like, like if it's if it's last week's road trip, let's say, they play on Thursday, he's not going to play, but after that, you're going to have another day on Friday, whether you practice or you don't. But then this way, because this way, then you're still going to skate on Saturday. You're going to do something that resembles. Let's just work some stuff out. Let's figure out what our lines are. Let's do a quick little run through, and then. He leads the stretches because he's going back in, and that's the end of that. There was none of that. You had to just jump right in following a game. I think I would have liked for him, if if it was known for sure and certain that he was going to play at any point on this road trip or or play on Saturday, I would have loved for there to have been a day where they could actually practice with him in the regular rotation of the Lions, which is why I think that knowing they were going to have a day off today, that they're going to practice tomorrow, and he will be fully part of that at that point back in the line like in his normal line slot all that stuff and you actually get to practice like that instead of not like I don't think he even had a practice with with his regular line to that point you know well and and here's the
0: other thing and maybe there's a chance that Kevin Hayes talked to Elaine Vigneault because he specifically wanted to avoid this but to me I don't love that his first game back his first game since the passing of his brother his first blah 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 is the team's third game in four nights on the road?
1: Okay, that part I don't, I and, agree with
0: you. And again, maybe he asked Alain Vigneault, hey, listen, let me do this on the road. I don't want to do this at home. Like, please let me, you know, and maybe, maybe, I don't know.
1: I don't know that home road has anything to do with I, it. But. May, I don't
0: know. Maybe he doesn't want to, I don't know. Friends in the, uh, anyway, to me, I think you'll let him take the day. You let him practice, like you said. Get in the flow, get in the groove, blah blah blah. Come back at home. Massive applause. Starting lineup. Right. Do the whole thing.
1: Well, that was what back I. That's your th- first game back. Th- see, and that's what I'd figured because there there were two things that I had figured with this. Number one is exactly what you just said. You give him a chance to start off right off the bat on home ice. That first game immediately. What are you gonna get? You're gonna put him out th- first of all.
0: The place is going to go ballistic. Well,
1: first of all, it should already be a decent crowd because of the fact that it's the Hall of Fame night. Right. So you're already going to get people in the building for that. Now, on top of it, all you have to do is say, welcome back, Kevin Hayes. Introduce him as a, as the starting center that night. And the place is going to go nuts the way they did on opening night when he was just standing on the bench in his suit. Now, that's how you
0: sell out the building against Calgary.
1: <laughs> and so you would have had that. And now... Even now, it, it didn't happen on Saturday anyway, so this still was the, the the chance is still there, nonetheless. But what you gave him was you're not just playing Tuesday night at home; you're playing Thursday at home, and you're exactly. playing Saturday at home. You have
0: a good long time to get in the flow of things. Well, at
1: home, not just getting in the flow of things. But my thought was is that we all know what's gonna like that first goal mm-hmm. is gonna be emotional. So why not give yourself three chances to have? The Great Lou Nolan, say your name, scoring a goal, and go, and the place go nuts for you.
0: If they win on Tuesday and he scores, he's the first star.
1: Done. That's probably a good bet. I didn't 100%. think about it, but so I, I have a I have a thought on when I think it's coming for him, and it could happen Tuesday. I'm not saying that it couldn't, but I have a thought of when it's coming, because if there's any sort of fate involved in this I think it's boston huh it's saturday yeah it's saturday when <laughs> boston's in town
0: okay i think that tracks i i think that would be that
1: is that is the night that the hockey gods smile down and say
0: that's the disney this ending. is
1: right this is the one for your brother
0: that's the disney ending but like let's let's be real if we're if we're asking the hockey gods for things Isn't the dream ending of that story really that he wins it for his brother? The whole thing? Isn't it? Isn't that the best ending? Hockey gods? Isn't Uh, it? Well, I hear you. (laughs) I'm just pitching it. You know, he gets to raise, you know, raise the cup, point at the sky. You know, he gets to sob his face off. It'll be great. Right. (laughs) uh, Um. Regardless, the... uh, other than Kevin Hayes being back and Ryan Ellis being back, uh, the overall effort on Saturday night—we've talked about it—it it was right. It was a battery-empty effort for the for the most part. Right. Like that's that's a team that looked tired. That looked
1: well. And I, I, I look. I don't want to. I, I don't want to take credit away from Dallas either for for this reason. I think everybody looked at the record and goes, oh, Dallas is coming in at, four, I think, what, 4-6-2, and two, so they don't look very good. They were ranked, actually, like, I think they were ranked in the bottom six teams or so of the league. So I think people look at that and go, well, they should win. And I a week ago, I would have told you that that's absolutely the one game that you needed to come away with a win in. If you could win one of the other two on top of it, that's great. Right. But, if, but, but that's you got to beat Dallas. I think you got to win that game because they, are, they shouldn't be on your level. That when, said, in,
0: when in doubt, beat Dallas.
1: But the thing here for me was that there was a lot lining up for this to not play in in the Flyers' favor. One being, and I've seen it mentioned a couple times, they're playing their third and four nights while Dallas has been home since Monday and didn't play since Wednesday. Yep. So how does that work out that you get— you know, two days off in between that game while the Flyers have played three times Back to
0: back now. on road games with travel, like right.
1: with travel to a different time zone. That's right. not a short trip by any stretch. Um, not compared to some of the other short trips that they've made. Let's just say that. You know? Right.
0: It's not. It's not a bus to Long Island. It's this.
1: This isn't even. I'll, I'll give you one for for the for, for the plane perspective of it. Then this isn't. Hey, we played in Ottawa one night. and We have to hop the plane to Montreal the next night. You right. Know, Twenty like, minutes away
0: by flight. Like Right. It,
1: this is not a quick little shot over to the next Canadian city or whatever. I mean, even the way they did the Western Canada trip by the end of it, they played in Calgary and we went, Yeah, probably spent because it's three and four yeah. and they just traveled back from Vancouver.
0: Um one, one thing I also noticed, uh I don't know which broadcast you were watching last night, but I uh, was getting the local. The, Okay, I was getting the stars broadcast through ESPN Plus. Uh, and they were talking about the fact that over the last three or four seasons, the Flyers have been major slump busters for the Dallas Stars. And uh,
1: oh, you, you're going back to the uh, they hadn't had a win yet two years ago, and they got it, their first win in Philly.
0: They mentioned on the broadcast like four or f- five times in recent years where Dallas had lost like seven of eight, beat the Flyers. Right, uh, one one and you know one seven and one beat the Flyers. Uh, like three or four different times over the last couple of seasons. And uh, one of them okay. made the joke, hey, maybe that's why they never turned it around last year is because they didn't get to play the Flyers. Ugh. And man, it hurt, but it was pretty funny.
1: Well, this was, I don't know if this was mentioned on that broadcast, but the local broadcast here had um, mentioned that the Flyers hadn't won a game in Dallas since like 2014. Phew. So. Wow. Yeah, so that's another kind of it's kind of like a house of horrors for them in that in that town too. Like they don't they just don't seem to win when they go to that part of it, you know? It, it just doesn't seem to work out for them. Um but that's it, look, games like this happen. I'm not trying to like you don't want to freak out yet, you know? Like because Look, they could get up for this week. They could come away with at least two wins again. This is the first week that we've been doing this show outside of doing the first one after only the season opener that we're not talking about two flyer wins in the week. Yep. It could True. be way it could be way worse.
0: Yeah, and the the team is still in really good shape. I you know, we well, talked yeah, earlier well, yeah, about the you know 104 why? point pace.
1: Well, yeah, you know why? Cuz at the end of the day right now they're technically holding the second wildcard spot, and they're fourth in the Metro. You know what that is? It's exactly where I think a lot of people would have expected them to be.
0: That's fair. And again, they haven't played their full lineup yet.
1: Right. Right. Now, Once if you Once last night. Right. Now, th- th- because this is the stuff that bothers me with this stuff. Like, it bothers me when I see people who talk about the lack of goal scoring and instantly want to pin it on the fact that they don't have a pure goal scorer. I don't disagree with you. My point is is that I'd love to know how you think they're going to get that guy magically. Like, what magic beans do you want them to get that produces one, you know, just like that? Right.
0: Who has – who? what team is not in a playoff spot, has a 40-goal scorer, and is willing to trade them. And R- also, on- you need to make the money fit and you need to send back assets back the other way. And, 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 and.
1: Right. Like, it, it drives me nuts when I sit there and see people who go, well, Chuck Fletcher wasn't interested in Jack Eichel. That's a bunch of crap. Every team in the league is interested in a talent like him. Who would it's... you like
0: them to trade for Jack right. Eichel? No. And oh, by the way, he's going to sit for three or four months while he gets healthy. Well,
1: that's, for one, you're taking the gamble on the surgery working out, for right. one. That's but why also... Calgary
0: didn't trade Matthew Kachuk for him. Like... Right.
1: Well, and not only that, but I'm sitting here going, how much money does the guy make again? I believe it's $10 million. $10 million.
0: $10 million. You need to, okay, you're taking Kevin Hayes off your team, and you're taking Scott Lawton off your team.
1: Right, like, you're, you you, don't just have to do some major trading to get a player like that to begin with. You have to trade pieces that are on your team now that make you a lot of money. You change the
0: structure of your team.
1: Right. Travis Konechny?
0: Gone. You like him? Too bad. He's gone.
1: I think people would do that, though. Uh,
0: okay, but you know what I mean, because it would yes. be Konechny and York and, and, and. like.
1: Right. You, you would be packaging so much to make it happen that it's a problem. Like... Like, I, I just get sick of that type of stuff. least Everything... is stupid, though, aren't they? Like, come on.
0: <laughs> I don't know no, how they it, do it.
1: I, I, it's
0: really funny. My my girlfriend, we were watching the game last night, and the around-the-league ticker was rolling by, and the Seattle game hadn't started yet, so it showed their record. And she goes, ooh, Seattle's 1, or whatever their record is, 4-6-1, six, six, or, like, it's not good
1: you that's right, about it, yeah.
0: And I was like, "Oh yeah, they're they're a real expansion team," you know. Meanwhile, Vegas is seven and a half million dollars over the cap. When Jack Eichel comes back, <laughs> they're, they're they're not. They did not run the expansion thing the same way because Seattle just has infinite cap space. I,
1: I don't know if it's just that they didn't run it the same way. I mean, look, they had opportunities to get really good players, and they just hello. Passed. So I guess they didn't run it the same way. No. But the point is.
0: Oh no! Vegas would have taken Mark Andre Fleury. Hello, uh, they would have taken JVR. Like,
1: um, I don't know if Vegas would have taken JVR. I think t- Vegas would have taken Gabe Landeskog though. Oh, they definitely would have. Or, I don't or, know how. Or, Vla- or Vladimir Tarasenko or right. something like that. You know. But re- regardless, the point I'm making is is that like the the idea that you can just produce one of these guys magically baffles me every every team that has one of these guys in the league i mean how often do we sit there and say it too like i'm not trying to make it be like this is the like this is the obvious elite goal scorer and this is the obvious name to point out he's also going to be better than everybody else that's in the league anyway so it's like not the same comparison by any stretch like i think you're just talking about a guy who is capable of scoring 40 a year not right. n- not connor mcdavid but 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 with Connor McDavid, what's the thing we say about Connor McDavid all the time? Just like we used to with Jack Eichel, until now that he's now on the Vegas Golden Knights. How long until you get tired of the fact that even though you're the most talented guy in the room, most talented guy possibly in the league? One, you know how how long until you finally say, "I can't do it here, so I got to go somewhere else"?
0: Are you talking about Austin Matthews?
1: Well, no, I'm talking about McDavid. Oh, oh McDavid. Okay. Because we've made that joke with McDavid. Like, oh yeah. Well, how, I... how long? How many years do you? keep putting up a hundred and something points oh, man, you're the best guy yeah, th- they are but playoffs are different and I'm not trying to sit there and say playoffs are different just because of whatever my point is is that I'm sorry I still don't like your goaltenders no I agree uh, and if I don't like your goaltenders and that goes south in the playoffs how far do you think you're making it in the playoffs still, maybe it maybe around and a half
0: we're still rocking Mike Smith Miko Koskinen as our duo I
1: don't even hate Koskinen I just don't think he's great he's not a
0: starter he's a 1b I think
1: probably but that means that they lean on Mike Smith which I who I don't like at all. I just think he's awful.
0: Yeah, but somebody'll fall out of it. Somebody'll have an anti ranta type will be available.
1: <sighs> yeah, but they actually have to be willing to go get said guy and you're I already, agree. and you're paying two guys crazy money. So how much time does Marc-Andre Fleury have on his contract? Oh god, I don't I don't know off the top of my head.
0: Cuz I wonder if Chicago would be willing to flip Oh, retain. if
1: he's if he was available Every team in the league would listen, Probably. and
0: that's why I think Chicago would be smart to think about it. Like if he oh, if, if he expires after say next year, and I'll look up his cap friendly real quick. But if he expires after say next year, right, you can retain for a year and a half yeah. and get a ho for Mark Andre Flurry. I just
1: I just still don't get this. Like I just don't get what like. <sighs>
0: Because they're not good. Like Chicago's not going anywhere. with No, them. they're not. He expires after this year. He makes seven million dollars. They can get that down to
1: three and a half. Then they're going to trade him at the deadline. They can get him down to three and a half. They should trade him today. They're not you know going to trade. him. much a haul him. you can get for sixty
0: games of Marc Andre Fleury at three and a half?
1: Well, I guess, but they're not going to trade him today, and I'll tell you why. Because when when the deadline rolls around, there's someone's going to be desperate and say, "This is going to change our whole season."
0: Oh yeah, they'll get a big name prospect oh, for him. Oh, I,
1: I hate to tell you where I think he actually could end up.
0: Wait, 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 don't tell me. Uh, is oh, it Pittsburgh?
1: Uh-huh. <laughs> some, of some, course it is. Some, some former goalie is going to pick up, actually, no, I, I, I take that back. It's not, because Hextall's oh, not even, Hextall's not even going to be the one who picked up the phone. Brian Burke is. He's going to go to Pittsburgh and win a cup, isn't he? Um, No, I don't think so, because it's I don't Pittsburgh. think. It's Pittsburgh. Of course he is. You really think that they're going to start him over Jari if they make the playoffs? They're going to start both of them.
0: I think that organization has shown that they... Mike Sullivan has shown that he has no problem switching goalies in the middle of a playoff series.
1: Oh, I know, but that's... I don't know.
0: <sighs> and and if Marc-Andre Fleury gets hot in the playoffs, it's okay, over. If, if it's he over. Get,
1: okay, hold on. If he gets hot, I don't think they've got a good enough defensive core to help him. Fair. I think he's going to have the same kind of nightmares he's probably having right now, playing in Chicago, in Pittsburgh. That's fair. This isn't. This isn't twenty. Well, even twenty sixteen. This isn't five years ago when Chris Letang is five years younger. Even though Chris Letang is still a good player, he's not five years younger like he was at the start of those runs. That's and, fair. And the and the other guys around him are not exactly filling the void the same way. I mean, they won. Cu- if- they won cups three, four years ago. I mean, or or around that time anyway. I mean, wasn't Matt Niskanen part of those teams or close to that time was part of those teams and Ian Cole is on those teams and guys who are legitimate defensive defensemen?
0: But if Sid goes to Brian Burke and Ron Hextall and says, I want to go for it. I want Flower back. I want to try to win one more cup.
1: Oh, that's then why I think they're going to do it. Oh, that's why I think they will do it. It's just I don't know that it's going to result in the win.
0: And for the record, under those circumstances, they should listen to your superstar. Do hello. He's the, the, probably the greatest or second greatest player to ever play for your franchise. And the only reason he's not the absolute clear-cut greatest is because you also had, you know, the second greatest player of all time. <laughs> but, like, in, in on 31 – 27, 28 franchises in the league. He's the best player to ever put on your jersey.
1: Yeah, I got you. Yeah, I don't know. But see, see, it's funny you talk about that particular person though, too, because it goes back to what I was saying about the the, your top top end guy. How do you get him? Chances are you get him because you sucked for five years. Because
0: you threatened the league that you're going to move to Kansas City,
1: or that you were again, or that you sucked for five years. (laughs) <laughs> and then become you know the, you earn you somehow or other get the win the lottery and get the pick
0: And, and I you mean, somehow won the lottery again even when there was no season it's, it's crazy how that works
1: right now if you want to like i don't know i don't know that there was anybody even in that draft year that you could sit there and say like the flyers had the number 2 pick and you would have hoped that it would have resulted in a player like that cuz that is how you get that guy you, you hope he's that guy at the top of a draft but Nonetheless, I mean, there are guys like I don't look at Nico Heischer as that guy either. That's fair. You you want to think of the guy who's going to end up being the top goal scorer? It's going to be Jack Hughes. It's not going to be Nico Heischer. Correct. You know, and that's fine. They don't need uh, at that point. Then they don't need Nico Heischer to be that guy because they've already done this, however many other times. You know, like it, so it doesn't matter. But but this is how. Toronto ends up with Austin Matthews this is how Edmonton ends up with Connor McDavid and then not that far off from then ends up with Leon Draisaitl. it doesn't have to be the number one pick let's be clear it does not have to be the number one pick it can be probably anywhere in the top five but Great. the Flyers have only picked there once and they got lucky to do it and it wasn't the best draft they got lucky
0: life. to do it and then they kind of got unlucky
1: <laughs> well okay but here this is where I'm trying to go with that point if if we're looking in hindsight who was the right pick at that time Cal McCarr Okay, but is Kale McCarr the goal-scoring forward? No. So then you still didn't and, get him.
0: And to be fair, I think the second pick there is Miro Heiskanen, who is also right. not the high-end scoring forward.
1: Right. But man, like their defense. would be fun. Oh, I'm not saying it would. But my, <laughs> no, my, I know. But my point is, even in a year when you thought like you're going, oh, but they did have a top five pick. And the forwards that you had to choose from were Heesher, Patrick, or Pedersen, and all three of them have had their share of struggles or injuries or something. Like To be Pet- fair,
0: I'd rather have Elias Pedersen's career than Nolan Patrick's career.
1: I would too, because Pedersen had a great rookie year and great second year and all that stuff, but like this year, he's been pretty rough. Indeed? You gotta just take it for what it is. He's had a rough year, so... Uh, like I think you'd be experiencing the same problems. I think it just sometimes it just dries up, and you've got to have somebody snap out of it. You got to go right now. The two guys you should be looking at the closest, in my opinion, are Faraby and Konechny. They're the two guys that really I think when you look at who you've drafted, you sit there and you go, "Well, you're the guy who has that potential. We've seen it from you. Where is it? You got to eventually get it out, like get out of your head and just go back to playing and trying to create as best you can here."
0: I've stated on this show that I think Joel Farabee ends up being a 40-goal scorer for this team. And he's and up I, to, I
1: think, well, he's up to, what, four goals now?
0: Yeah, he's got some work to do.
1: <laughs> well, he doesn't, he doesn't, though, because he has spurts like that. Like, yep. like this is what I'm trying to get at. Like, I, uh, Nine times out of ten, I look at something and I go, like, like I, got a t- I got a tweet the other day, or during last night's game, I think. I'm trying to go over and see if I can look at it really quick. Or like someone, someone tweets or I went like, they need they need to do something with how inept this team is on offense. Are they even capable of scoring three goals? And I want to reply back. I I get where it's coming from now because you've won a lot of two one games. You're not scoring a ton. I get it. But I want to reply back and go. Uh, Well, they did in the beginning of the season. So yep. are they capable? Absolutely they're capable. Yep. Uh, this is what I tried to say about the Boston game and the Edmonton game in particular. You just showed right there what your potential is. You can do this. Now can you do it consistently? Is that what your identity is going to become? That's what they have to determine. It has nothing to do with whether or not, like, oh, oh, are they even capable? Like, if they've done it once... And against teams like that, if they've done it against Boston and done it against Edmonton Edmonton and teams like that, then yes, they're capable. That's not a question; they're capable. It's just a matter of where is it right now? Why has it all gone dry? I mean, can we get
0: consistently?
1: right, Right, even in years past, it's been, you know, at least one line. Has been going when the others don't. So if if we're sitting here telling you be patient with Kevin Hayes because he's just coming back for the first time, and oh by the way, if he's playing with Farabee and Atkinson, then and they're dry, then Katurier, Konechny, and Giroux, or let's or whatever combination up there, maybe they're the ones doing the scoring, and you take you kind of just have to run with that.
0: I just remembered who you were missing when we were reconstructing the bottom six. Who did I miss? The guy we have a tab for.
1: Oh, that wasn't what I was thinking at all. Oh, was it not? Okay. No, I wasn't. Sorry, <laughs> we'll I was just
0: going through it. And I'm like, wait a minute. We'll go we were to going it. through the bottom six and we were talking about kind of the, the construction of the fourth line and the construction of the fourth line has changed dramatically because Nicholas Obey Kubel is no longer an option. Uh, he was waived on, was it Thursday, claimed Friday? Yeah. Uh, Nicholas Obey Kubel is now a member of the Colorado Avalanche. Um I, we talked about it a little bit uh before the show. Uh, I don't really know how to feel about this. Um I've been pretty critical of Nicholas Obey Obey-Kubel. Um I was kind of hoping he would clear waivers so he could go spend some time with the Lehigh Valley Phantoms and come back up stronger, better, you know, a little confidence. Uh instead, Carolina went yoink.
1: Uh Colorado.
0: Or yeah, what did I say, Carolina? Okay. Yeah, cuz sorry, Colorado went and uh well <laughs> he's no longer an option so how do you feel about this one
1: i mean kind of mixed he's a replaceable player i mean yeah. it was pretty here's the thing it was pretty clear at this point that he was at, at the very least number 13 probably closer to 14 i th- i think what happened is less to do with whether or not because like, i don't think he's a bad player like i know that that's a, an easy thing to say like uh, the, for a lot of people they go oh my god I hate the guy he sucks all that stuff. like I think a lot, I see it all the time it, that's too easy and and maybe maybe and or or maybe it's not that it's too easy but where I sit that's not how we uh, we evaluate we don't just evaluate off of he sucks i mean people say i'm not going to tell you people up there don't say it but but they don't write in their scouting reports i, I won't he tell you the sucks. people
0: right here haven't said it
1: no i know but People don't write in their scouting reports. This guy sucks. You know, I mean. Have you
0: Have you read Nick Sealer's scouting report? Like, can you confirm that or?
1: Because
0: <laughs> if anybody's no, but... going to get it written, holy.
1: <laughs> I didn't think Sealer did that bad for being a seventh for as long as he was in there. I don't. I don't think he's higher. Like, I don't think that I would feel more. Like, I. I wouldn't feel less comfortable, if Sam Moran played in that spot like if you needed a guy then that's who's playing right he's obviously hurt though and there's no timetable for his return either so that's that's what kind of becomes annoying like for as many times and this was said i had this sent to me a lot because of ellis your best ability is your availability, availability. well yeah. well nick sealer went out in the preseason and blocked a ton of shots that he didn't have to in the you know in the preseason to kind of stand out Yep. and then did, and then did it pretty well for the first few games when you didn't have somebody whether it was Ristaline or Ellis like I thought he was fine for a little while and then you know what it probably was I'm going to take a guess that it was probably around when you crossed over the 2 week threshold that you kind of reached the end of the road yeah, like, yeah, That's he's, he's done we've seen right. all he has done I, to I offer. mean you don't uh, you're not going to sit here and tell me like I'm sorry. I can't, based on my own way of watching this game, I felt way better with Nick Seeler back there than I did with Nate Prosser back there. Like, that's valid. I don't think that that's a stretch. That's all I'm trying to say. It's a seventh <laughs> yeah. defenseman. They're not asking him to be a regular, but they didn't have a choice. That's A, guy, a guy is hurt. What do you want?
0: You're right. Um, but back to Nicholas Obekebel. <laughs>
1: No, I I mean, so I don't evaluate people like that. I can't just sit there and tell you a guy sucks or whatever. Like it's just not the way it is. I real look to be honest. I don't what I here's what I don't understand. To an extent, I don't understand how how he dropped off a cliff so quickly to go from a great play driving bottom six forward. Sometimes to the point where he wasn't even the tweener type. He wasn't even the oh he's too good for the AHL but not quite there at the NHL level. He was actually kind of the in between your third and fourth line kind of body six guy. Because, when he was on. Because well, because two seasons ago, on top of the fact that he was driving play, he could score on occasion. Like he was actually scoring some goals and scoring some big goals at times. I mean, think about the round robin game where he scores two against Tampa. He's scoring Crazy. goals. He's actually got an involvement in this game beyond just being a checking line forward.
0: Right. He's in Rather this game. Rather than just eating minutes.
1: You know what I mean? So th- that should have and uh, like for uh, I felt like I was I was the most impressed with him two seasons ago. I thought like he was the most impressive player to me. Like in terms of improvement, I was so impressed by that. And you kind of thought they have a piece here. They have a guy who fits that bill of what the fourth line should be he's not going to be out there just trying to hit people or just trying to stand his ground defensively. He's going to try to drive play, which is all you can ask for from your fourth line. It's not a matter of how often he scores a goal. It's why it's a fit when you put a guy like him with, say, a guy like Scott Lawton. You, if they go out and, and do nothing more than just drive the play a little bit, then that's you know a just, good place to start.
0: Just keep the other team on their heels just a touch.
1: Right. Or at the very least, keep them out of your own zone for prolonged periods. If you're going to play the neutral zone game with them, by all means, spend 45 seconds to a minute playing the neutral zone game. That's all that you're being asked to do. But that just dropped off a cliff last season and so far this season. I mean, he did not show – I'm not going to say he didn't show any signs of improvement. Some of the play driving was back, but he did it kind of carelessly. The penalties were still there. It, It
0: felt a little two steps forward, one step back. Except sometimes it was one step forward, two steps back,
1: right. I mean, you can go I mean you can go and look in the grand scheme of things, but I go and look at some of the replacement level guys that you're talking about for this team, you know that 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 he could have been you know he could be on the roster as opposed to them, and you know, like I don't know if anybody has more like minor penalties. Nate Thompson has twenty nine penalty minutes. But he took a big chunk of that because of the fight against Seattle. I think he got a 10 minute misconduct on top of it. So that right. goes into it. Like, there's a whole lot of stuff. Like, when you take half of your penalty minutes just because I fought a guy, you know, same thing, Zach McEwen fought a guy too at one point in time. So he's only got six penalty minutes the other way around. Patrick Brown doesn't even have any. Patrick Brown has 10 penalty minutes in his entire career. Right. I think Abe Kubel had that already, at least. Or at least between the preseason and the regular season. Oh, but, for sure but it was just it's just not good and i get not concerned but it's like i just kept getting i did I kept getting concerned with him like he wasn't doing enough to keep his place in the lineup and that's why he was bounced back and forth i know people think that like there's this love affair with Nate Thompson and with guys like that there might be but there's not exactly anybody who's knocking on the door that makes you say i have to consider where where what to do with this guy you know like I think down the line you'll start to think that way with McEwen. I think that you'll sit there and look at Zach McEwen and Patrick Brown and go, "Well, they're probably the interchangeable two because I don't want to sit Limblom or I don't want to sit, you know, insert name here." And now that All Hayes right. is and now that Hayes is back, it changes the game. Like that's why they waived the guy. And and in fairness, I I I'm, maybe people wouldn't have cared, but you if you place either Brown or McEwen on waivers, they're going right back where they came from. Yep. Vancouver and vegas are lined up and ready to go because that guy's available again and they didn't probably didn't want to do it in the first place vegas how many people in vegas were pissed off that he was on waivers and then got claimed to begin with like there were people I, who were disappointed
0: i wonder if this was a little bit of a or no that was never mind well, uh,
1: I mean, Now well, now that they've got eichel
0: well i mean <laughs> that might be who knows who's gonna hit waivers out of vegas
1: well but here's hold on here's the thing about that though too see like you could think you you might think that that would like hold them off off from doing something like that because you're going well they just made this big trade if eichel's not playing for three months four months whatever the hell it is and you time. got not, not not just time you've got the cap space you don't mind having an extra body at what brown makes that's fair but,
0: but, all right well i mean i think that sums up kind of about nicholas obey kubel um he was a good was a good flyer but i don't think he'll really be all that missed uh, so we've talked about it all Did you see the,
1: the last one on him Did you see the tweet Someone put a tweet out uh, That said something about uh, that It was a quote tweet To the Flyers tweet That they that he was claimed Or that he was yeah. play Or that he was placed On waivers And somebody said When he comes back it, it, Give him the tribute video But it's nothing but Offensive zone penalties
0: Love it <laughs> uh, <laughs> Okay as we look at, I caught you off guard with that you know, one. <laughs> well, we're talking about him coming back to the Wells Fargo Center, and the Flyers will be back in the Wells Fargo Center this week. Uh, three games against Calgary, Tampa Bay, and Boston. Uh, it's a couple tough teams. You know, we just it's Flyers just tough teams just lost to Calgary four nothing. Poor effort. Hopefully, with a couple days off, you're getting a better effort this time around, and you're certainly going to need it for Tampa and Boston. This is this is a very big week
1: yeah uh, the uh, okay, so the good news for the flyers probably right now is that they've at least seen two of these three teams so far. so this shouldn't be total shell shock here. You've got something to go off of. I think that that can only help. I mean you you definitely have to know what you're getting with Calgary. and, and the good news is that now that you're playing Calgary on home ice. you can line up you can do line matching way better this time around than you were able to do before. Um, you got that. Boston is not still not quite off to the best start they could be. They've won a few more games recently, but I I still think you look at them and go, "Well, they're not off to the greatest start," and you might be able to catch them as a little bit of a vulnerable team. I mean, think about the teams, think about the teams you beat so far. Right. You know, you or 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 played so far that you didn't beat perhaps like Boston lost to Edmonton and. Boston lost to Toronto within the last weekend. Their wins are against teams like Detroit, Ottawa, New Jersey. They're playing Montreal. Uh, something that's going to be important, and again, it's kind of crazy scheduling on their part. Now, the Flyers do not have a back-to-back. That's right. going to help. But you're going to play two games in the week while Boston sits at home. <laughs> Boston plays on Sunday night to close out a back-to-back and then okay. has five days off. Whew. Now so the They good-
0: could theoretically come to Philly on like Monday and just spend the whole week here.
1: They could if they really wanted to, right. I guess. I doubt they they're won't. going to. No, they like... won't. They'll come in on Friday afternoon and be ready for Saturday night. But right. But beside the point, point. Um, see, one thing you, that they do have that's kind of interesting is they do have a back-to-back that weekend. So they are, they are going back to Boston after playing in Philly and have Calgary that night.
0: Imagine they come to Philly on, like, Tuesday and just buy tickets for the Calgary game and they're just sitting in the crowd.
1: That'd be funny. <laughs> it would be really um, funny. I'm trying to think about, like... From a goaltending standpoint, for them, who might get one game over the other? Like, is, is there a chance that the Flyers get Linus Olmark because of the fact that they want Maybe. Jeremy, they want Jeremy Swayman for the team that's higher in the stand? And there's no way to change that. Calgary's going to be higher in the standings more than likely. Right. And 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 in fairness too, something else about Calgary right now to kind of keep touching on this week a little bit like right. boston's not off to the best start and calgary's come back down to earth a little bit
0: you might also put your starter against the team in your conference that you're directly competing for wild card spots with
1: true um we'll see i don't know uh, right something to think about well and right now calgary's hit a rough patch a big time rough patch i mean they they won that game against the flyers relatively convincingly it was their sixth in the i mean well, relatively it was convincing let's be real it sure but, was um but th- that was their sixth win in a row, and now in the, I'm trying to count the number of games on here. They played six games since they'll have played seven because they they also play on Sunday night, Sunday evening-ish, whatever you want to go with. Um, so they'll have played seven in that time, and no matter what happens in that game, the most the best record that they could come into Philly with in the last seven games, uh, all in the month of November, by the way, is, okay, I got to do some math because some of these are overtime, um. But the best that they could come in with is a record of two, two and three.
0: Well, we'll see. And, and then again, they got Tampa, Boston. Well, as we head to that, we hope the Flyers can take advantage of kind of a poor, a poor Calgary team right now and kind of jump on them while they're vulnerable. Uh, right, uh, a
1: team that might be a little bit vulnerable now. He, yeah. uh, now, I, I had to check with Tampa's schedule because I was genuinely curious. Right. Because. What are the odds that we see a former backup goalie? Oh, I hope so. I, I'm
0: sure everybody hopes so. Moose tribute video. Come on.
1: He might He'll get sitting, a good one. He'll get he, a good one. He probably will. He's probably going to be sitting on the bench for it because, uh, again, in, other, in another same similar situation, Tampa only plays on Monday night and then has off until Thursday. <laughs> no back-to-back there. And then even next week when they play on the road, that's not even a back-to-back. Like, the, the Flyers' schedule is awful Rough. compared to some of these other teams. And I don't know, because somebody turned around and, like, I, I got that question. Like, who makes these schedules, that gives the Flyers, like, this god-awful schedule? Now, on one hand, it is certainly multi-purpose building problems. Fair. Because cause when you have to give up your building... You You're leave, vulnerable. Right. Yep. Like, it's, like, why do you think the Flyers play home games on Tuesday, Thursday, sometimes Saturday, yep. you know, most of the time? Because... They have to balance it out appropriately, you know, in order to allow for it. That said, you know, you're, it's the hand you're dealt. Whether you like it or not, it's the hand you're dealt, and you're either going to be really good at it or you're not.
0: And when you get when you get dealt a hand like that, you have to take advantage of teams while they're vulnerable. And you know, we hope the Flyers can do that on Tuesday, and we'll be back next week to talk about all the games. And other than that, I, I think it's about time to wrap up here. Yep. Uh, anything you have here in in
1: conclusion, Kev? No, just looking forward to a week of home games and Hall of Fame night is on Tuesday. I was gonna, I was gonna try to go to the alumni game they're having on Monday night, but I think I ended up just ditching the idea because it's just been a rough go lately, and I could use the night off, especially, well, with, especially with three home three games, three home games week.
0: this week, so not too, too many nights off. And right. uh, like I said, we'll be back next week to talk about it. Make sure you follow the show on Twitter at YWT Podcast. Follow Kevin at Kevin underscore D'Arso. and. You know what? Uh, You can find the show on sportstalkphilly.com and everywhere else you find your podcast. I'm going to skip the rest of the socials because I did a mid-show. And uh, we're just going to go ahead and get out of here. So until next Sunday, we'll we'll see you.